Is an internal candidate the most obvious and logical choice to take over the Boston Red Sox after Heim Bloom's firing? Tune into today's episode of Locked On Red Sox, where I go into a candidate who could be a great fit for the job. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday for free, straight to your favorite podcast feed. Thank you for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Speaking of free and getting Red Sox content for free, SiriusXM also has you covered for free for every Red Sox broadcast for all games. Just download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox. And the home broadcast for every game will generate straight to your feed for free. So you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball, which I promise you won't want to do, especially in 2024, when I feel like it's going to be a lot better year for the Boston Red Sox. Heimblum has been fired. The search is on for a new person to take over his position within the front office. But the question is, who will it be? So I'm going to be touching on that today with a candidate who I feel like could be a logical fit for the position and then going over some positives to take away from this season for the Red Sox. So there is a candidate who has been rumored in conversation as a likely possibility to take over for Heim Bloom. His name is Eddie Romero. He's an internal candidate and makes a lot of sense for the Red Sox. He's a longtime employee with the team. He's been with them since 2006, and he was originally hired as an assistant in the internal scouting department, but was then promoted in 2012 to director of international scouting. And then he moved up the ranks again, and in 2016 was promoted and has since then served as the assistant general manager and senior slash executive vice president of baseball operations. So he's had a lot of different roles within the front office, which could be a huge benefit for him because he understands the overall process of how the Red Sox front office operates. And it's always good to have somebody in there who has that type of insight and can really understand how things go within the Red Sox front office. So that's a plus for him. He's seen a lot of success as an international scout for the team. He actually was responsible for identifying and signing Rafael Devers, Brian Bayo, Sadani Rafaela. Obviously, all three players who have shown a lot of value and potential with the Red Sox. Devers goes without saying. I mean, they just extended him to this massive contract. Very well-deserved. He is a superstar on the rise in baseball. Brian Bayo is really getting there with his pitching. He showed a lot of growth 
this season from a pitching standpoint, and he could eventually turn into an ace for the Boston Red Sox pitching staff as long as he continues moving in this upward positive direction that he's been in. And Sidani Raffaella has just been a very solid Red Sox prospect who recently has gotten his opportunity to come up to the majors due to some injuries to players. And he's been able to show his versatility in a lot of ways. He's been able to play in the outfield and play in the infield. And he's taken some very good at-bats at the plate. One thing I will say with him that I'd like to see him work on even further is just his plate discipline, judging what pitches to swing at because he is very swing-heavy which is great to show that he's aggressive at the plate, but I'd also like to see him try to be better with his pitch selection and not swing at every pitch. So I'm hoping that'll come with time. But other than that, he's shown a lot of potential. So Romero deserves a lot of credit for his ability to scout those international players. And that to me is a strong suit for him because if he has the ability to identify that talent, it should be able to translate over to him identifying good talent at the major league level. And we've seen over the last few years that the Red Sox at the major league level haven't been at the position that they want to be in terms of being in playoff contention and being one of those teams that can really compete. So from that standpoint, having somebody in there who we know has a proven track record of identifying good talent can serve this front office well. So that's another reason why I like Eddie Romero in that position is because I'm hoping that because of the success as of late that has been shown with players that have been scouted by him and eventually signed with this team, that hopefully there will be some success when he tries to bring in players to the major league roster who have talent, and he obviously knows how to identify talent. Um, He has just worked his way up because he's worked under Theo, Ben Sherrington, Dave Dombrowski, and now Heim Bloom. So he's had to adapt to working under a few different people, which is a good skill to have in any job, being able to be adaptable and having a new boss come in isn't easy for anybody, but the fact that it's been this revolving door of people um, throughout the Red Sox organization in his time here, and he's been able to adapt and still do his job effectively, no matter matter who he's working under, is a very positive skill that he has. And he likes the idea of being able to identify talent. That is something he enjoys, and that is a strong suit. And It also makes it a lot simpler for ownership to go with him because he has that proven track record of success. So you know that he'll be able to provide value in that role. And he obviously has had enough time to learn the organization inside and out, as well as the players who are in it. So he has the experience and qualifications to be able to do the job. And I wanted to bring him into conversation because he's not being as talked about among the fan base or the media in terms of the reports of candidates that could be potential options. And I've gone through some of those top choice options on the show over the last couple of weeks. But Eddie Romero's name is certainly one to circle and look out for because 
from a Red Sox standpoint, it's a logical move. They don't have to interview him from the outside and learn a lot about his skills and what he can bring to the table. The fact that they've kept him in the organization for so long obviously shows that he's a good fit to be in this organization and to work with a variety of different people within the organization. So I like him as a candidate. I think it makes a lot of sense. And the Red Sox really need somebody now who's going to continue to grow that farm system while also being able to identify good major league talent. And I think he's able to do both because when he, you know, scouted these players, Devers, Bayo, Rafaela, they all started off in the Red Sox system at the minor league level. And then they worked their way up and have now come up to the majors and are showing that they can be successful there. So he was able to identify them when they were earlier on in their career, which shows to me that he won't have a problem continuing to build up the farm system because he obviously has an ability to develop and um, identify talent when they have that potential in the earlier stages of their career. So that could check off the Red Sox farm system, you know, part of the job, like looking for somebody who can continue to develop that. And at the same token, those skills can also translate because he'll be able to see players that are already at the major league level and what they're doing and be able to say, hey, can this person realistically develop into the type of talent that we need in this organization? And can they answer the questions that we need from a major league baseball standpoint? Is this pitcher, I'm going to use pitching, for example, because it's their biggest hole right now. Is this pitcher the type of pitcher that makes sense for our organization right now and what the Boston Red Sox are about? So he's the most logical choice to me. He knows the organization inside and out. He knows the players. They have a good relationship with him. So if anybody has a good sense about the needs of this organization, it's him. And also, I'm sure he's developed an attachment to this organization, being part of it for so long and an appreciation for the Boston Red Sox organization. And if it's a more personal hire and he feels closer to the organization, he'll be more passionate about really growing this specific organization because he'll want to see them succeed. So I like the idea of Eddie Romero as a candidate. I think he's a very underrated choice, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox go with him. So keep your eye on him over the next couple of weeks here as the Red Sox continue the search. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about the Red Sox current state. Unfortunately, it's not the news everybody wants to hear, but it is sadly the reality. So I'm going to be discussing that next. Are you constantly looking for comfortable clothing? Because if so, I am. I love bird dogs. They will make you look so good. Basically, bird dogs has stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Basically, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit a lot better. And they fit way better than regular shorts because they stretch, but they can get you really comfortable. So you don't have to sacrifice any movement. You can work out in them. You can wear them to chill on your couch and watch TV. They're really good for any occasion because you could even go to a pool and sit by the pool with them or golf. There's so many different things you can do with them. And they're not casual enough to the point where you can't wear them out to dinner. You can do that too. 
My fiance and my parents all have a tire from Bird Dogs and they absolutely love it. We were on vacation over the summer and they were walking around constantly with their Bird Dogs on. I'm not joking. And I think I saw my fiance wear them to the gym to golf with my dad and out to dinner one night. So there's a lot of different occasions you can use them for. Just go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And my fiance definitely would promise you because he hasn't taken his off at all. I'm sure you're familiar with DoorDash. It's a great source for food delivery, and I absolutely love it myself. It's so convenient, and you don't have to go anywhere. I remember during the pandemic, I utilized DoorDash nearly every night because I didn't want to go to the grocery store and I wanted a different variety of food. So DoorDash had me covered. They deliver pretty much anywhere. And there's a lot of different restaurants on there now. Like some of your favorite restaurants that never used to deliver are probably on DoorDash now. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last minute cravings conveniently. You've you, you you trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. DoorDash never used to have grocery delivery services. It really only had restaurants, and now it's a huge plus because imagine how much time it saves you. Do you really want to be getting up from your couch in the middle of an NFL Sunday or in the middle of the MLB playoffs just to go do your grocery shopping when you can just order it all from your phone and DoorDash will deliver it right to you and you don't have to go anywhere. It's fantastic. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Also, don't forget that SiriusXM has you covered for free for every Red Sox home broadcast. Just download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and the home broadcast for every game will generate for you so you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball. Unfortunately, the Red Sox have been eliminated officially from postseason contention after their brutal 15-5 to loss against the Texas Rangers on Wednesday. That was it. They cannot make the playoffs anymore because the Toronto Blue Jays also beat the Yankees 6-1 to on Wednesday. So between the both with both of those scenarios, the Red Sox are now officially eliminated. I mean, it's only fitting, really that they'd be eliminated from playoff contention on the same day they gave up 15 runs on 16 hits and they used about five different pitchers in the game. There were a lot of fans ripping the Red Sox on Twitter for not making the playoffs. I mean, honestly, it's just been a downward spiral since August 1st. I think really just the lack of moves at the trade deadline really started this downfall. They were in a good spot entering the trade deadline. They were sitting at 57 and 50 
on August 1st, and they were truly in firm contention for a wild card spot. They were about two or two and a half games out at that point, but they didn't really address the core issues at the trade deadline, which was in the rotation or trying to do something about the defense. And they still had the same problems for the rest of the season. And this to me could be one of the reasons why they drove Heim Bloom out is because they felt like he should have made more moves at the trade deadline. And I don't really disagree. Was it a seller's market this year? Yes. But could the Red Sox have done something to improve their pitching staff? Yes. And since that did not happen, the pitching staff as a whole, especially the bullpen, was absolutely fatigued for the last couple months of the season. And I truly do feel like, you know, that message and precedent was sent that the team this year wasn't really worth investing enough in because they don't have the potential to go all the way. And it's sad. And I don't like to, you know, say that there's a message sent to the team that they're, that nobody believes in them. And then it causes them to not play as well. Cause I don't know how much of that is really true, but I do think there is some, something to that, that, you know, Maybe it's saying something to the players in their minds that, oh, our front office doesn't believe in us. So why are we out here trying and what are we really doing? So it was a downward spiral. They're 18 and 28 since August 1st with a 75 and 78 record at the bottom of the division. Um, I hope they would finish the season over 500 this year. Not looking likely that that will happen. The fact that they've gotten swept by the Blue Jays the last two times they played them was really detrimental to the Boston Red Sox. They've had so many injuries this year, and it just really wasn't meant to be. But I do think we have to look back at that trade deadline and in some capacity say the Red Sox underwhelmed at the deadline. And with the fact that they were as close to a wild card spot as they were at the deadline, they could have added one piece at the deadline to really help their rotation a little bit. And it would have helped deviate some of that work from the bullpen because it was one less bullpen game that they would have had to throw every five days. And it could have been somebody who ideally would have gotten the Red Sox length. And I think, you know, this idea that they've had the last few seasons of protecting prospects too much might start to go out the door when the new person takes over for Bloom because there could be players traded that Red Sox fans might not like, but you have to give to get. I always like to use that motto. You have to give to get. And sometimes that means getting rid of some of your higher up prospects to get players that can contribute to your major league roster at the time. So there could be prospects that we see leave or get traded this offseason for big-time pitchers. Like I said on yesterday's show, it needs to start with free agency, really going out and spending money on players who can help contribute. But I think there's going to be a different system now. And just the way that the Red Sox have played the last couple months is just really upsetting. They have 100 errors total on the season which is the second most in MLB behind the San Francisco Giants. And they have a 981 fielding percentage, which is tied for the worst in baseball with San Francisco. That's about 0.69 errors per game. They need to figure something out with that and clean that up this offseason. It was one of their biggest downfalls this year. 
in the last couple months, ever since the trade deadline, I think the Red Sox were really starting to feel the effects of all the injuries. And I think a lot of the holes that we saw before the season started were really shining through when they were in the earlier stages of the season, they were playing well. I'm inclined to believe that they were overperforming in some aspects. Um, but then, you know, they started to really show their weaknesses as their schedule got harder and harder. So unfortunately, it's official now. There is no way the Red Sox can make the playoffs. Um, from the standpoint of looking back on this season, you can see why. And it, they were just completely inconsistent all season long. And ultimately, I think the lack of moves at the trade deadline was really the icing on the cake and what did them in. But coming up, I want to leave you with some positives to take away from this season so that despite the fact that the Red Sox aren't playing really for much of anything in this last week and a half of the season, at least there's some things to look forward to. So I want to touch on that next. FanDuel is your number one source for all things sports betting. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com and check out their money lines, props, etc. And pick what you feel like you're comfortable making in terms of bets. I promise you FanDuel will hook you up with the best possible sports betting scenarios. Don't forget to download the SiriusXM app. Search Red Sox and you will be set up for the 2024 season. If you don't want to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball, definitely download the SiriusXM app and you for free can get the home broadcast of every game. I truly believe they will be a better team in 2024. There are some positives to take away from this season, despite the fact that the Red Sox are eliminated from postseason contention now. One of the things that really stands out to me about this season that's a positive is that the Red Sox overall still showed that they can hit. They have a really strong offense. They have pieces there like Jaron Duran, um, Rafael Devers, um, Sidani Rafaela, who I feel like has potential to be a key part of that offense, um, Will Urabreu, um, Tristan Casas you name it, these guys can all hit and they've shown that they can hit. And it's just a matter of putting it all together. Obviously, Masataka Yoshida had a great season. So I'd like to see him continue to find success at the plate as well. Um, so we know the Red Sox can hit. It's just a matter of finding the right pieces to really round out that lineup because there are games where they, as a whole offensive unit, just didn't have it. And that's going to happen. It's a long season. And every team is going to have games where their offense just doesn't have it. Um, but overall, as an offensive unit, they put up some of the top offensive numbers in baseball. They 
um, were they were second in runs scored in the league overall behind the Texas Rangers. So we know that they can produce runs. They just need to find ways to continue to do it consistently. That's absolutely a positive to take away. The development of some of their prospects is also a positive. I mentioned a lot of them, Tristan Casas, Jaron Duran, um, Sidani Raffaella, Willier Abreu. Um, I think Emmanuel Valdez is an interesting name too. He could be moved in the offseason, but if not, he showed a lot of potential in the games that he was called up for this year as well. And then an obvious one is Brian Bayo from a pitching standpoint. I also think Nick Robertson from a pitching standpoint has shown potential to really shine out of the bullpen um, if he continues to pitch consistently. He did struggle in his outing in the Rangers series, but really who didn't? I mean, just what a tough series all around. But he's shown glimpses of having the potential to um, be a good pitcher and reliable pitcher out of this bullpen. Chris Murphy, I would say, is also right up there as a guy who has shown potential to shine in the Red Sox bullpen as well. He's struggled sometimes, and he's had his days where he's been very good, so it's been inconsistent with him. But I like overall what I've seen, and the fact that he's shown those glimpses to me feels like he could translate that. He just needs to be able to really capitalize and translate his skills and show that he can be able to produce at the major league level, not just at the minors. So the development of prospects, I think, is another positive aspect to take away from this season. The resiliency that this team showed throughout a lot of games, even when they were struggling, they showed that they care about winning and they want to try to stay in it. And even games that they came up short, there were times when you felt like the Red Sox were dead and they weren't. The most recent incident is um, against the Toronto Blue Jays when Devers hit that home run in the ninth inning with two outs and two strikes against him. But despite the fact that the Red Sox lost that game, it's the principle of knowing that this team has that fight in them and they have the ability to have that attitude that they can stay in games and they're still in it until they absolutely are not anymore. Um, so I like the attitude that they had overall as a clubhouse and the fact that Alex Cora seems to be aware of the attitudes among this team. For example, when he benched Alex Verdugo because he was late for the game or another time when he got benched due to his attitude. So Alex Cora, I've always said, is a player's coach. I still believe that. I think the players respect him and enjoy playing for him. And that's huge when it comes to baseball. Um and he's aware of the attitudes in the clubhouse. And that's why he had the ability to recognize that he should be ben benching Alex Verdugo when he did. So you want a manager that's aware of all that other clubhouse stuff because the play on the field is obviously the most important thing. But there are so many things that go into how a team performs on the field. And the off the field stuff is so very important to that. So I think the Red Sox going into 2024 are in a better spot than people might feel like. They have to be able to put it all together. They have to get some pitching pieces to surround their talented players now with. I think there's a huge possibility some people get moved. But like I said, if they can just get the right pieces to add to their pitching staff, they will be a contender in 2024. And yes, this was another season where the Red Sox will likely end up finishing in last place in the AL East 
but it was a competitive division this year. Um, the Red Sox, you know, played relatively well against their own division this year, much better than they did last year because that was their downfall last year was they couldn't beat the teams in their own division. So that was something that was positive as well to take away from this season. So if the Red Sox make the right moves in the offseason, they will be a contender in 2024. Alex Cora seems geared up and ready. I think the Red Sox as an organization are ready for change and ready to be taken seriously again as a franchise that can produce winning teams and can be back in the conversation for a playoff spot. So lots to be excited about. I'm going to certainly miss the Boston Red Sox as they depart from this season. I always miss it in the offseason, no matter how bad of a season they do have on the field. But as I like to always say, and I ask you to do the same, keep the faith. Let's go Red Sox. And I will catch you on the flip side.